Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of Gateway to Cinema, the spin-off of the far more popular podcast, Reboot Already Underway, the Gateway to Cinema after show to the main podcast, <laughs> Gateway to Cinema. How'd you like that, what, Aaron? What happened? <laughs> I leave for one week, and, and I, don't, I don't know, listeners, I, I don't know what happened. I, I'm not at fault for that, so if you... Uh, Tuned in last week and uh, stumbled upon whatever that episode was. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. I was like, you know, I don't want to leave the the listeners without an episode that week. I'm like, ah, but David hasn't been watching these movies with us. I'm like, well, you know what David's pretty good at? Uh, just making things up and pretending he knows what he's talking about. So <laughs> that's, that's true, yes. So I was like, I guess we're doing that this episode. Um. So we did that. How, was it good? Do you like it? Uh, it was pretty good. I, I, you had some uh, interesting pitches, I suppose. Or... Yeah, my favorite was when he said that Donnie Darko takes place always in the dark. And I don't know why that tickled me so much, but that was good. It's a pretty simple observation, but it worked. <laughs> I liked when he got like really spot on for a couple. <laughs> yeah. was like, that's kind of eerie. <laughs> Yeah, some of the, it's all in the names, you know. So, anyway, I am your host, Aaron Hahn, joined as always by Jacob Lucy. Um, You can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> Not a quote from the movie, but... No, no. Relevant. From relevant. the character, though. So, well, not even the character. From a legally safe ripoff <laughs> of a character... <laughs> Exactly, because we are once again talking about one of the films from a list of 100 movies I once made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the larger world of cinema. And uh, this week, we're probably going to have another interesting episode for you guys, because we are once again tackling one of my favorite films of all time. And that film is A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, Lacey, last time we were in this position with uh, RoboCop, <laughs> another one of my <laughs> most favorite films of all time, mm. you hated it. I didn't know. You, you, hey, you hey, ripped hey, out my heart, and you stomped on it, and you trashed one of my favorite films of all time, and told me how garbage, how much garbage it was. Oh my god. Alright, let's be clear. You can go back and listen to that episode. I was so nice to RoboCop. So nice. A little bit of niceness you're not gonna get from me this week, Aaron. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, couldn't even finish this movie. It was so bad. Um, I hated everything. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um... All right, so I guess a little background info for me. I don't know why that's what I do on this show, but background info on me and my relationship with this property. Um, I've often said that I've seen bits and pieces of this movie. I realize now that I was wrong. I must have seen bits and pieces of one of the other sequels that like, were on yeah. TV. But I would get too spooked and I'd change the channel like the scared little kid I was. So, pretty much everything in this was, I don't know, a pretty big shock to me. The one 
part, uh, well, we'll talk about it during spoilers, but there was one scene where I'm like, I know this scene for whatever reason, and it's not I mean, even there the most are a lot one. of iconic moments from this film. It's not an iconic one. <laughs> I'll oh, tell okay. you that much right now. <laughs> um, I'm uh, interested to hear what it is. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, but, Aaron, I think you'll yep. be happy to hear that this is one of my favorite ones we've tackled on the show so far. I, I am yeah. quite happy to hear I, that. I don't know why. Because it wasn't scary at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. No. But, man, there's something, like, oddly charming about this movie. And I don't know <laughs> what it is. But, uh, I guess, ah, uh, there's so much to say. But I don't want to talk about a lot of it with, with you know, there's Without spoilers. spoilers. So, um. All right. I mean, yeah. So uh, we can pretty easily get into spoilers soon, but just a few quick words on why I put it on this list. But I think that's fairly self-explanatory <laughs> right, right. because I have mentioned multiple times on uh, the podcast that the slasher genre is my favorite genre of movie and that this is my favorite slasher film. And therefore that translates to this being one of my favorite films of all time. In fact, if I... In my ranking, whenever I choose to give a definitive ranking to it, this is number two, right mm-hmm. after The Dark Knight, as my sec- you know, second favorite film of all time. Right. And it's like, I guess it's one that I've kind of grown in affection towards a lot mm-hmm. since I w- first watched it. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, well, okay, the first time I tried to watch it, I was actually too scared to finish it, <laughs> didn't get past the opening credits. Because <laughs> I was like... 12 years old and I was watch I was watching this on like my iPod in like my basement like my dark basement all alone and then I was like nope can't do it too scared <laughs> oh my god but when I finally got to watch the whole thing for the first time then I was like yeah this is a really great movie I think it has a lot of flaws like the continuity errors and the, mm. the weird climax and all that sort of stuff I was like but this is a really great movie and then like just like since then it's just kind of I've grown, like, so much more in love with this film to the point that now it is my second favorite film of all time. And I think it's just because there's so much... Like you said, there's just that weird charm to this movie. I think there's so much creativity involved here. There's so much... You know, there's so... It's so unique. It's so fascinating. And it's just a film that, like, inspires me so much. Inspires my own art so much. Mm-hmm. Just and I don't even know if I can explain why, but just the the level of creativity on display in this film is something that's really influenced me, and that's why I put it on this list. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm I'm not to that level of how much you love this movie, but knowing how much you love this movie, also when I was watching it, I'm like, all right, Aaron loves this movie. I really hope it's not a RoboCop situation. <laughs> But uh, there were just, I think the reason I kind of clung to it so much, there's so many good practical effects in this. Like, really fun stuff. Um, And then also just the whole idea of it, like not being able to fall asleep. It's something that we've, well, I don't know. Was this like kind of a, 
th- here's the thing. Once this movie came out, it's been done in like everything now. There's always like yeah. this, don't fall asleep. Oh no, who knows what'll happen? And not like there's like this child killer out to get you, but like there's there's something bad'll happen. But that idea of having to sleep that there's literally nothing you can do to stop yourself from sleeping is honestly kind of a terrifying idea even if the movie that it's in isn't always like scary if that makes sense yeah no i do think like this is my favorite horror film of all time but it is also a film that you're right is not really that scary Mm -hmm. like it's more just fascinating than frightful Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that like the concepts it plays with, the ideas it plays with, you know, the whole, the whole idea of just like this killer who can hunt you down in your dreams, is inherently terrifying, and right. that, you know, makes the film work as well as it does. Yeah. Do you want to get to spoilers then? Indeed. So uh, if you have not seen this film, highly recommended by the both of us. Ah, uh, but what if they've seen the remake? Well, if you watch the remake before the original, then I don't want to talk to you ever. And I'm going to cut you out of my life. Wow, all right. (laughs) We're taking some strong stances on this episode. All right. It's it's the necessary stance to take. I I suppose so. It's the the only one. Um. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) If you have seen her, just don't care. We're now going to talk about a little in-depth with spoilers. Um, so the one scene that I have seen for whatever reason, maybe it was just, like, a clip that I watched on TV or whatever, mm-hmm. and was, like, got too spooked by it and turned it off or whatever. It's, uh, the, uh, Robert Downey Jr. kill, when he gets killed. Johnny Depp? Yeah, not Robert Downey <laughs> I'm like... As I was saying one, it, one of those famous actors. As I was saying it, I was like, I know this isn't right, but it, this is the only thing I can think of. <laughs> so yeah, um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Um, it was his death scene is the one that I've seen. I mean, I would still consider that one of the iconic moments of this movie. Certainly not like on par with a lot of the of the ones that you know really stick out. But right. that's definitely one. I, that I think is can be considered iconic. So. Right, and there were like moments where I'm like, I've seen that shot before, or I like understand, I've seen this, whatever parts of this scene. But that was like a scene that I've seen all the way through, and again, it's it spooked me. I had a little bit of like residual fear when I watched that. Where I was like, oh man, I remember seeing this and being spooked. Um, is this the first scary movie we've done? Like, actual, like, horror film. Like, because we've done Psycho, which is, like, eh. It's more of a thriller. I I mean, in terms of, like, this... I don't think we've covered it. Oh, no, Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, Hellraiser. yeah, yeah, that's right. I was going to say we haven't covered anything like this, like, supernatural, this fantastical, but Hellraiser. Right. Um, so... I was... Let's just go through my confusion as this film starts, I guess. (laughs) So I rent this movie. It's 99 cents on Amazon if you want to watch it. Um, And I'm really confused about the aspect ratio to begin with. I'm like, oh no, did I buy like the wrong one? (laughs) Because there's like something weird with it. It's just this small box to start as he's making his gloves. Yes. 
or his glove. Um, so that was weird. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, here's all the credits and whatever. And it's like, and Robert Englund is Fred Krueger. And I'm like, whoa, what? His name's not Fred. I got, I honestly got confused because I didn't realize that Fred and Freddy were like the same name. I'm like, what? Is this a Goosebumps you, Night of the Living Dumb situation? You didn't know that Fred and Freddy I were the same name. <laughs> I didn't make the connection. That, that's like, what you're going with? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't make the connection. Um, no, but it is interesting because uh, the story behind that is that Wes Craven actually knew a kid named Fred Krueger who used to bully him. Uh, so that's where the name came from. Was he also a child rapist? I don't believe so but it's really weird that they pulled that punch right like am i the only one who's kind of like oh he was a child killer it's like no that's not what this guy did <laughs> let's be clear about that like it's weird that they like have like all these other weirdly sexual themes in it but then they're like nope you can't say that can't say that in an r-rated movie <laughs> it's like oh yeah okay. it is definitely weird and i think that the the film kind of, like, demands you interpret it that way anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, even though they always are explicitly saying, oh, he's just a child killer, it's, like, we all know what's really going on here. And obviously the creators have said, like, that was their real intention before a last-minute switch. But yeah. I do think in the in the remake, they change it, and they do make him, you know, the, the child molester instead of just the child killer. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it works. It, it almost doesn't work as well if they lean too far into it. Yeah, that's the because thing. Because then it kind of takes away the fun of the character. <laughs> Whoa. Like, it's weird to be like, Whoa, oh, Aaron. You know, you know, murder, murder I liked it better fun. when I wasn't <laughs> sure if he was a child molester. <laughs> Whoa. You know, it's just better not to know sometimes. <laughs> but you understand what I'm getting at, though. Like, it's no, just yeah, like such a, a dark theme, whereas, like, you know, obviously murder is a terrible thing as well, but the slasher films play it up in such a comical way, you know, that it's so over the top in the way slasher films kill people well, that it's like, and it's, almost it's, so, like it's so disconnected from reality, yeah. whereas you can't really disconnect something like that yeah. from how awful it is. Um, it's almost like, and I haven't seen the remake, but the Halloween remake, where, like, they take that in a very interesting direction from what i understand too where it's like that's a bit much guys like okay so was that just the thing i guess they were like oh let's make these uh slasher movies even more dark and gritty <laughs> like oh that yeah seemed to be a, the idea for the remakes yikes um back to the movie though <laughs> i really loved the way they handled the whole tina thing like i i was sold that she was the main character, and then she dies, and I'm like, whoa, you just pulled a psycho on me, but a psycho I didn't know was coming. <laughs> like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was, honestly, because, I mean, you guys will probably hear about this if you listen to the Thursday show, but I've, I watched Psycho again this past week, and I was like, man, I wish, like, a twist like this would come out and hit me and I wouldn't, wouldn't see it coming or something. Then, like, the very next day, I watch A Nightmare on Elm Street and they do it. And I'm like, whoa, all right, that was well done. Also, I wanted that Rod kid to die as soon as I met him. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, oh, I can't wait for you to die, kid. It's <laughs> like, all right, you, if anyone deserves it, it's you. You seem mm-hmm. like, like a real POS, Aaron. I'm not going to spell that out for all you kids out there. This is a family show. Yes, the, the family show where we just had a long discussion about child molestation <laughs> versus child killing. Yo, man. I'll, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, but then when he actually does die, I'm like, okay, I kind of feel sorry for you. You're a bit of a D-bag, but like, you didn't deserve to die. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, that I, I believe it was wire work when Tina dies. It was a mix, partially probably. wire work and then yeah. also partially a uh, rotating room. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> that's where I was like, "Yep, who? That's so good stuff." I'm telling you, Aaron, you already know this. I love me some good wire work, and when you do it like that, and you also have a rotating room, oh, <laughs> oh, it was good. <laughs> That whole scene mm-hmm. I was a big fan of. Also confused when Freddy had really long arms. I was like, are you are you long arm man? I always thought you were regular arm man, but maybe you are a long arm man. Do I know nothing about this villain? <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean that that's the idea that he can change his shape and form and be whatever. Yeah. Whatever you're afraid of. Which is, you know, why we were covering this film this week, because oh, yeah, obviously it comes out this weekend, so... He doesn't do that much in this movie, though. That must be, like, a later thing he does a lot. I mean, it's not so much, like, shape-shifting always. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, doing weird things and dressing up. And, like, especially in the later films, to so, like, start dressing up in, like, different costumes and <laughs> taking on different roles and stuff. I mean, usually he's still, like, Freddy, All but right. he's, like, different variations of Freddy, you know? That's so weird. Okay, um, so, confused when he pulls a Rick and Morty and turns into a car, (laughs) not sure what was happening there, (laughs) I'm like, okay, that whole ending's just like, what? (laughs) I mean, good, but also, sequel big much? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... The story behind the ending is that Wes Craven wanted to go with a purely happy ending. You know, like, Nancy turns her back on Freddy. Freddy is defeated. They all live happily ever after. And then the producers were like, no, we want sequels. So then they had to make that scene. Is that ending out there? Is, like, there a cut of this film with that ending? No. I don't think they've ever officially released the alternate ending. That would be so cool. I would prefer that ending, honestly. I mean, yeah, as much as I like the rest of the series, and as much as I, I wanted more of these films, I do think that, as a singular film, it would have been stronger with that happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it reminds me of, like, how the, the Babadook, now that you've seen this film, we can... Yeah. Like, how the ending is, is like, the, the whole film works so well because of that ending, you know, the ending that takes the thematic content seriously. Mm-hmm. And this film, and I mean, obviously, you're just like, oh, Freddie represents her repressed fears and when she turns her back on those fears then he's defeated and you're like okay that's there you go and then they tack on this ending you're like oh okay so none of that meant anything and actually you know facing your fears doesn't solve them that's a that's an interesting message instead yeah in the end nothing's happy 
those kids were all acting weird too. It's like she goes out and gets in the car and it's like, oh, these are my friends. I'm like, no, no, something's very wrong with those kids. Those are not your friends. Run. Um, uh, oh, you know, I was saying this movie is not very scary, but there is one moment that legitimately scared me, mostly because I didn't see it coming. And also, it's just so weird, man. They didn't need to do this. But it's amazing. It's when the phone is unplugged and it still rings. And <laughs> she picks it up. And he's like, I'm your new boyfriend. And then it pans down to the bottom of the phone and it's his tongue. Why is it his tongue? It's so gross. Like, it is so oh. gross. But that's what's so great about yeah, it. Yeah, it's amazing. But also, I was like, oh, no. I guess I was watching it. I'm like, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I guess our only comparison within this, uh, series would be Hellraiser, but man, this movie does the weird and gross without, like, completely overdoing it, like I think Hellraiser does at times, where it's like, okay, I don't want to look at this anymore, (laughs) where this movie does it, and it's just quick little flashes, and it's like, okay, that's messed up, moving on, like, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, it doesn't linger on it. It's very much, you know, gives you the impression of it. And then you're just like, did I just see what I thought I saw? You know, it's was, very much was that how the whole film is playing with your sense of reality. You're just like, did that just happen? Was that a child molester's tongue coming out of that phone? I know it was, but I don't want it to be. <laughs> I don't want to know what's going on there. Um, I guess I'll throw in something that I didn't like, because... You know, can't heap too much praise on this movie, Aaron. You can't, you can't let me get away with uh, <laughs> right. not having some, some part of my soul just torn out. This isn't even a, like a critique on this movie, more on just like the 70s and 80s horror movies in general. So, Go for it. it's mostly John Carpenter, and I'm sorry. <laughs> And movies like this, where the score just clashes so hard with what's going on in the movie. And I know people love it, and I understand why they love it. But for me, it just does not do it. I'm like, okay, oh, this is a scary thing. There is, a, there is literally a child molester running after this girl down the street. And the music's all, like, electronic and boppy and, like, hey, whoo, this is pretty kooky. And it's like, no, this isn't kooky. This is horrifying. Get in the house. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love the score for this film. Right. But I see where you're coming from, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I, can't, I, I can't argue against that. But. And there were moments where I thought it was pretty good. Like, it fit very well. Um like, more towards the end, too. A lot of the beginning stuff, I was like, uh, okay, this is kind of weird. And maybe it was just me getting used to it, which that might be it. But I thought by the end, I'm like, a lot of this kind of fits the tone a lot better. And maybe that's because she's home-aloning Freddy Krueger in her house. <laughs> which is just oh, such a weird turn for this movie to take. It, but it I is. love it. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Like... Here's this, like, I, like he's a supernatural being, but at the same time, it's hard to be afraid of him. 
when the, like a hammer stops him. It's like, oh, the hammer hits him and he like staggers for a minute. I'm like, just take the hammer and beat him to death with it. I'm like, if he can be stopped by a hammer, why are you not just doing that? Like, it seems pretty simple. I do think, I, that's why I really love the, uh, the ending though, even though it is like so, it's, it's so unexpected and so weird. You're like, why mm -hmm. is that the direction you tried to go with? But I do think it's really cool how like, it's, you know, again, playing with the, the difference between reality and dreams. And it's like in your dreams, Freddy is like the most terrifying, unstoppable force. And then you get to reality and it's like anything can stop him. He's pathetic. It's like, okay, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's very much like the whole, like, you're playing up your, your fears in this fantasy realm where like things are constantly shifting. Things are things can be whatever and your you know your imagination is running wild it's like your fears are going to expand they're going to get worse they're going to you know become more and more terrifying threatening and then you get to reality and you're like oh well stop him with that hammer that's yeah sure <laughs> um i love the mom character too um how she's like drunk all the like time. a like a really like, you're like, like we get it we get it. She she drinks. See, really? I, I thought they did that really well. Like, yeah, it started out kind of subtly, and then it just slowly builds, and then it's like, yeah, all right, orgy of evidence that this mom is a <laughs> is an alcoholic. But I mean, I'm no, I'm not saying they did it poorly. I'm just saying <laughs> that's um, her primary character trait. <laughs> it is her primary character trait. But I loved the revelation that the mom was the one who killed Freddy. Like that is such like an interesting turn for this movie to take and i did not see that coming at all so i was like great plot twist i'm like that makes sense why he's targeting these kids i mean you assume it's the parents who burned down the warehouse or whatever um which i thought was really interesting and it's just so creepy and it really shouldn't be that creepy but it's so creepy that she pulls the glove out from the furnace i'm like why did you keep that why did you keep that so weird, <laughs> like, but okay. Mm -hmm. Um, also, the, the her reasoning for how he escaped the justice system, I don't feel like could ever really happen, right? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we forgot to sign something, the child rapist is free now, and it's like, no, that should never be that way. <laughs> we should not just let one signature let a horrible human being out of prison. I think they, yeah, it, it's ridiculous, and then. <laughs> When they did an episode of the TV show, the first episode of the TV show, TV centered show? on, yeah, we we talked about this when we were talking about uh, favorite documentaries. There's there's a TV show, but it's like I didn't know that. most of the episode. It's mainly just like Twilight Zone style things where Freddie oh, okay. would come in as the host, as the, oh, Rob, he's the you know Ronsoling character. So, but the first episode, they do his origin story, and. Uh, Mm -hmm. They change it. They retcon it into being they didn't give him his Miranda rights, and that's how he goes free or something. Even worse, <laughs> even worse. So even when they try to correct it, they're like, "We we still quite know uh, how he got out of this." To be clear, <laughs> I still have a hard time believing that even if you didn't read him his Miranda rights, everyone would just be like, "Yo, you know what? That's cool. Let him go." Maybe that's just me having too much faith in the justice system, but Maybe. who knows? Um, 
Yeah, I don't even really know. This is a movie that I'll probably watch again very soon. I might watch this again during Halloween because it's a good Halloween movie. Or you could start tackling the sequels. See, this is this was a question I wanted to bring to the table. How worth it are the sequels? Because I'm like, this movie ends kind of so... Well, not, I mean, the weird, dumb ending I'm not a fan of. But this movie feels so self-contained that I that's something I really enjoyed out of it mm-hmm. is it worth it to watch all the <laughs> ham fist i mean sequels? the thing is like obviously uh i love the whole franchise so i'm right, a little right, right. gonna be a little biased and be like yeah of course you should watch them all but objectively not a lot of the sequels are very good but i would here's the thing i would recommend watching two not necessarily because it's a great movie but because it's a really, really fascinating movie, because this movie is, like, super homoerotic, and, like, the screenwriter, like, wrote it that way, but the director didn't know, so there's, like, this weird contrast in it. And it's so, it's such a fascinating movie to watch. Okay. Like, it's it's not a good movie, but it's also, it, it changes a lot of the central concept, but it changes it in a really fascinating way. So it's like not a film I would call good, but it is one of my, it's a film I love talking about. It's a film I love dissecting because it's very fascinating. Okay. All right. The third one, I would definitely recommend watching. That's the one where they actually like fully embrace what became more like of the iconic elements of Freddy Krueger, you know, like the more outlandish kills, the shape-shifting stuff, the repeated use of the B word. That's where that all originated. B word? just sounds well, silly when you say it. I, I know, I know, we're, not gonna, I know we're not going to say it on the podcast, but it just sounds yeah. silly when you <laughs> it, say it. It does like sound silly, but yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're forcing me to... Yeah, we're forcing so. ourselves into a creative corner. Just let us curse. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can like add the little beep in yeah. if you, if you, I, if you I, want to. You I don't really feel beep. like you on that, so... Well, then, we're then we're going to have to call it the B word, so... Yep, there we go. We did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but then other sequels four, five, six. They have some interesting elements. They have some fun elements, but they're not really great movies. If you're not like a huge fan of the franchise, don't feel any need to watch them. Mm. But I would definitely recommend New Nightmare, which is the one where it's like That's Freddy comes like... to our real world. Yeah. Okay. That one that sounds one. interesting. Yes, definitely would recommend watching that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'd recommend one, three, seven, and then kind of two would like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, hey, let's not <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do we want And the remake, s- no. No, so. but Rooney Mara's in it. She is, but like, it's such a poorly written character that she does nothing. But I love Rooney Mara. I'm just kidding. I, I will not watch it. Um, I don't hate myself that much. Aaron. Yes. Where would you rank this one? <laughs> I don't even have to pull up my list because uh, yeah. this is ranked number one for me. Yeah. For all the ones we covered right before Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. So. Mine is uh, number nine. Below All the President's Men. Above Memento. So... I suppose I can live with number nine. Yeah, 
also it's just better than RoboCop at the bottom. <laughs> I have like this list of scenes that I think are just perfect, whether or not that's true. Um, the T Rex scene in Jurassic Park, where the T Rex first uh, is introduced, even though there is a blatant continuity error in that scene, that is horrible. Um, that scene is one of them. And I think I have to add the bathtub scene to that list because I don't think that whole scene is super tense. It's super like weird and eerie. And like, it's definitely the part of this movie where I was like, yep, this movie's amazing. Like I'm really mm-hmm. loving this. So I wanted to add that before um, we end the show because that's great. Yeah. That is a really great scene. So many great scenes. Too yeah. many. There's so much I want to say about this movie, but we'll 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 spare this from being as long as that four-hour documentary on the franchise that I've seen twice. Yeah, don't know that I would want to watch that, but I would like select scenes from that documentary, maybe. So maybe I'll just read the IMDb trivia page. I mean, you uh, could, or you could, the way it's, you know, the documentary split up, it's by each film gets its own section. So you could just uh, watch the section for the first film. Yeah, probably. That's probably the way I would do it. Um, Yeah. It's a high one. It's been a while since we've had one this uh, high on the list, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we got next, Aaron. All right, everyone. So with the release of Blade Runner 2049, not not this upcoming weekend, but the release is on the horizon. Don't don't check your calendars. We are going to look at the original Blade Runner next time because Lacey has not seen it yet but wants to see it with a few buffer weeks before also watching the sequel. Yeah. So, I'm, we will... How are you feeling about the sequel? Are you excited? I'm still... I, I guess cautiously optimistic. See, I've seen these the original trailers. film is one of my... Again, one of my favorite films of all time. Right. So it's like, does this need a sequel? But Probably at the same not. time, it feels like it's in good hands. Right. Denis Villeneuve. He's a good director. I, yeah, having not seen this movie, um, just watching these trailers as someone who's never seen the movie, I'm like, this looks pretty interesting. And, I mean, I love Harrison Ford. He's like a second father figure to me, so <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Anyway, <laughs> so next time, Blade Runner. Uh, if you want to find us around the web, you can find Lacey at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. Do you want to plug that project? I do. Not this week anymore. <laughs> um, but next week, I'm guaranteeing you, guys, the week after this episode comes out, Monday, a project will start. So All right. take a look for that and see. If you want to find David... From the main podcast around the web, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter, dbex with two S's. If you want to find me around the web, you can find me at littleflamedude on Twitter. You can find me at this clever blog name is already taken.tumblr.com. And if you want to find the main podcast around the web, you can find us at reboot already on on Twitter. You can find us at reboot already underway on Facebook. Give us a like for news and new episodes of stuff. You can check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a good review if you like what we say. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what happened last week. <laughs> I just completely did it twice in a row. Good.
didn't even know. Mm-hmm. All right. So until next time, don't think it. Don't say it. Bye bye, man. No one can see my actions, but I'm gonna act along because I don't feel comfortable saying it. I was not okay with saying it last time. <laughs>